It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Mike Smith gets a start in game two. Is that the right decision? Yes, we will get more into that. Plus, some actual defensemen for the Oilers had some pretty good games. Well, in relation to a 9-6 hockey game, we will take a look at that a little later in today's episode. Plus, the three things the Oilers need to do in game two and in game three to actually have success in this series. We'll have that and so much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Your Locked On Oilers, your daily podcast on the Edmonton Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Oilers podcast. I'm your host and former game day Oilers producer, Brett Holden. Happy Friday, everybody. Have It's the Friday before the long weekend. <sighs> I know it's also the Friday of a battle of Alberta and what could be better, huh? An 8.30 puck drop. Well, let's say an 8.30 puck drop with a wink and a nod because uh, we all know how late the puck drops have been. We will get more into what the Oilers need to do in game two and in game three as well since it is the weekend. So I'll see you Monday after this, but uh, we'll get into the few things that the Oilers can actually build on from game one to build to actually have success in the rest of the series that'll be later on in today's episode plus the Oilers defenseman actually had a couple players with some decent games that's all in relative to a 9-6 hockey game but we will take a look at that plus some lowlights as well from the defenseman we all know there was a lot of lowlights but we're going to take a look at the lowest of lights from game one but let's start with Mike Smith starting in game two on today's episode of Locked on Oilers Thank you so much for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you find your podcast. Plus, we're here on YouTube. Hello. Hello, YouTube. How's it going? Alrighty. Enough of the pumping up. Let's get into Mike Smith. As it was announced yesterday, then Jay Woodcroft made a point of saying that Mike Smith will be the starter in game two. And rightfully so. Mike Smith... I shouldn't say deserves the starter because, well, (laughs) after that game in game one, it doesn't really seem like any of the three goaltenders who played in that game. And Dan Vladar must be sitting there on the Flames bench going, thank goodness I was not thrown to the fire. 15 combined goals in game one between Mike Smith, Miko Koskinen, and Jacob Markstrom. It's tough to say that anybody deserves a start in game two, but Mike Smith is deserving of the start in game two for the Oilers. Now, the unfortunate thing for Mike Smith is that, yes, he did allow three goals on nine shots for the Oilers. Two goals in the first 51 minutes, the fastest two goals in NHL playoff history. 51 seconds. You didn't show up to play. In those nine shots and three goals, that is a 700 
save percentage. Whenever Mike Smith is not able to put up a save percentage above 900, with the exception of one game so far in the playoffs, the Oilers have lost the game. And that continued in game one in uh, the Battle of Alberta in the second round. Let me read off the actual uh, save percentages from each game the Oilers lost that Mike Smith had. In game one against the LA Kings at home, where the Oilers were very noticeable and not about, I shouldn't say very noticeable, they were very noticeably not arriving at the right time to that game. They thought it started at 9.30 instead of 8, while well, 8.30. Uh, in that game, he had a .886 save percentage, another game where they let in an early goal, and they had to climb back, and they they almost did, but they couldn't in that game, and they couldn't against the Flames as well in game one. In game four was the actual outlier when it comes to these games for Mike Smith. He had a .933 save percentage in that game, and that was the uh, quite a battle between, that was like the really only tight game, and then there was the overtime game as well between them and the Oilers, and that was, uh, you know... <sighs> Mike Smith will have outliers. Of course, you got to save the puck in order for you to, to win a game. That that's that is the number one thing. And there is a quote from John Cooper uh, last night after their game against the Florida Panthers that I will get to in just a second after these numbers that I think is very imperative for the Edmonton Oilers to remember. And I mean, John Cooper has had the perfect commentary for these playoffs. He truly has. So I, I'll give you some of those and how the Oilers can administer that and how you can kind of uh, sit on those, but I'm, I'm rambling about that. Uh, in the third game that the Oilers lost, he had a .884 save percentage and in uh, game one, .700. Ugly numbers. But when the Oilers actually win a game, Mike Smith's numbers are 1,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two shutouts for Mike Smith in the two or in two of the four wins, excuse me, that the Oilers have had in this uh, playoffs. Two shutouts, so that is a save percentage of one thousand or one hundred, however you want to take a look at it. Point uh, nine five seven in game three and point nine three eight in game six. After game two of the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning game, where Tampa Bay took the two-nothing commanding, well, commanding, but a two-nothing lead, two straight wins in Florida, well, in uh, Scottsdale, I believe they are, or Scottsdale, Glendale, I'm not good with the Dales and the States, but uh, wherever the Florida Panthers play, Sunrise, maybe. Um, he said after the game, and let me pull this out here, it says, it's not how many you score it's how many you keep out. I think a lot of Oilers fans would sit there and agree because the Oilers, when they do keep the puck out, actually win hockey games. It is right here in the numbers. Two shutouts for Mike Smith, a .957 save percentage and 9.38 in the three or in the four games, excuse me, that the Oilers have won. When the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning lost game one against the Tampa or uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, excuse me, he said. The Toronto Maple Leafs didn't really have to play that well to beat us. A little bit of a dig to Toronto, maybe. But let's be real. <laughs> the Calgary Flames didn't have to play too well to beat the Edmonton Oilers uh, in Game 1. Uh, Daryl Sutter, Matthew Kachuk, and all the Flames will be the first to admit that when you let in six goals, you shouldn't be winning a hockey game. We said that last week when the Oilers were playing the, the Kings, when the Oilers let in four goals. 
when the Oilers scored four goals and they're like, oh, well, we scored four goals, but we still lost. There's an issue there. Well, the Oilers scored six in game one and they still lost. So what's the issue? You got to keep the puck out of the net. It's not about how many you score. It's about how many you keep out. Thank you, John Cooper, for bringing that out to the... Like, people don't understand that. Connor McDavid had four points in game one. The Oilers still lost. Zach Hyman had two goals. The Oilers still lost. Why? Because you couldn't keep the puck out. All right. We talked a lot about two in the last series that the Oilers don't really lose consecutive games too often. However... They did in the last series against the LA Kings. Will they do that again in uh, Calgary tonight? We shall see. What will be important for uh, Mike Smith is the fact that, you know what? Before this series, he had the third most amount of shots against in the LA Kings series. Third most in all of the playoffs. That includes every single goalie that played, including... Uh, name one, like Eric Schalgren. Sorry, Toronto. I keep calling you out. I apologize for that. With that, he also had the third highest expected goals against in those uh, seven games against the LA Kings with 24.33. However, he held the LA Kings to 16.16. Eight expected goals against did not get past Mike Smith because, you know what? Sometimes Mike Smith can be a very good goaltender. Statistically heading into the playoffs from the, ever since really the trade deadline to game seven, Mike Smith has been one of the top five goaltenders in the league. Statistically. And you cannot argue with the statistics. But you need Mike Smith to be that goaltender in order to beat such a strong defensive team with the ability to score nine goals in order to win the Battle of Alberta. We will call it there. Plus, guys, come on. Let's be real. Every time a shot went towards Miko Koskinen, I, I mean, I held my breath. Let's let's be real. No no. Real shot against Miko Koskinen. Did any Oilers fan feel comfortable about? He was reactionary. He never was in control of the game. He never was in control of any shot that he saw. He never was in, in any control of any shot that he saved. Even the ones that were right into his crest, he wasn't ready. And Mike Smith needs to be the guy in game two for the Oilers and in game three for the rest of the series in order for the Oilers to win this Battle of Alberta, the first one in 31 years. And it had next to zero defense, just like it was back in the 80s. So what went wrong with the defense? But the Oilers also had some good parts about the defense. We will talk about that in just a second. But first... I want to tell you about our partners at Built. Have you ever dreamed about, you know what, personally, my first favorite food, dessert food at ever, ever, is a brownie. When I make brownies, I always scoop up the spatula with the brownie batter and I lick it up. And I just imagine that it was actually good for me. 
Well, with Built, they actually come with some protein. They're actually good for you because you're in luck at Built. They have a brand new creation called the Brownie Batter Puff. You heard me right. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level, and they're available at Built.com. I talk a whole bunch about the puffs. I've I've been a huge fan about the puffs. Jess and I went crazy about the puffs. Uh, and I'm not sure what you're waiting for. The puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate and a marshmallow protein bar. Come on. It is delicious. And like all of these puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. The brownie batter puffs will have you completely forgetting that you're eating a protein bar. No need to pinch yourself. This is real life. And they're made with collagen proteins that your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Head to built.com and use a promo code LOCKED15. That is 15 to get 15% off your next order at built.com. That is locked 15 to get 15% off your next order. Have you ever seen an NHL player get off a team bus and think to yourself, gosh, I wish I could dress that nice? Well, with Indochino, you can. Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. Recently, I was shopping for a new dress shirt for my upcoming wedding, and when I decided to go with the Hyde Herringbone shirt, I was blown away at all the customization options I had. I could change the type of collar, cuffs, and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket, all while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com with code NHL. You are listening to Locked On Oilers Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Holden. Oil country, we are getting into the second game of the Battle of Alberta tonight. Thank you so much for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. And for your next listen, make sure you tune in to the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you find your podcasts. All right. The defense wasn't great. Was not great at all, actually. As we just mentioned, I mean, John Cooper said, it said it best. I will continually reference John Cooper quotes, to be honest with you, because he has had the best commentary of the playoffs so far after every game. Even after a game where where they lost to a team that, I mean, the the Toronto Maple Leafs are the Toronto Maple Leafs. But uh, I don't want to get too much into that because I can already hear Leafs fans. I have Leafs friends. I'm sorry. But they lost a pretty big game. And not a lot of those games in that series were very close. They were high-scoring games sometimes. And when they weren't, they were not. They had at least, I believe, off the top of my head, three goals between each other in each of the games, other than like two, including game seven. That's very similar to how the Oilers and the Kings have been and probably very similar to how the Oilers and Flames are going to be. So I'm going to keep referencing him 
because he mentioned something very important. Like I mentioned a couple times already, again, I'm ranting about John Cooper. I don't want John Cooper. John Cooper said, it's not about how many you score. It's about how many you let or keep out, excuse me. And the Oilers defense did not keep out. I was not, I was going to say many, but the Oilers realistically defense didn't keep out any. Uh, Frank Valley has reported on Tim and Friends, I almost called it Tim and Sid, on Tim and Friends yesterday, as he mentioned, he believes that Darnell Nurse, and he's been told that Darnell Nurse has been dealing with a core muscle injury. Now, it's a different injury than what many have reported what it was, the lower body injury earlier on when he did go down uh, with that injury to miss the, the latter part of the season. Well, not latter part, last four games of the season. And there was some concern about it. Now, we have talked so much about how good Cody Cece and Brett Kulak have been for the Edmonton Oilers. We haven't talked enough about, and we brought this up uh, with the crossover episode with the Flames, but we haven't talked about how really poor Darnell Nurse has been. And I I don't want to say poor as in the most awful defenseman ever, but just in regards to Darnell Nurse's stature and in regards to Darnell Nurse's pedigree, he hasn't lived up to what he should be in the playoffs for the Oilers. He is a leader for the Oilers. He's obviously playing hurt, and he's pl- giving the Oilers some sort of will. But the numbers aren't pretty. Like we said, the numbers don't lie. In fact, when you look at the numbers, two Oilers really stick out from the game one of from hell, really. Like, that was... <sighs> I mean, I guess really it was the Battle of Alberta from game one, but like, what do you do with that game? Do you throw it out? Do you, do you throw the film out? Like, do you actually look at it? I'm going to try and look at it, and that's why we're here. And we're going to take a look at Tyson Berry and Brett Kulak, who were the two Oilers' best defensemen in game one, without a doubt. And that's... Weirdly saying a lot for a game where you allowed nine goals while eight with the goaltender in and nine or one without the the goalie in. Let's start with Tyson Berry, who led the team in time on ice for the Edmonton Oilers. But and on top of that, with being the fact that he was on the ice the most, he had the second lowest goals against per 60 minutes on the defense. The second lowest. Because Chris Russell did play like five minutes, so we'll kind of skew those numbers. But even him, he was the highest because he was out for five minutes, so those two skew the numbers. So I'm just going to set that baseline right now. Tyson Berry, who everybody gets on his case, so many people throughout the season, but he has gotten better since Jay Woodcroft has come in. But so many people got on Tyson Berry's case because he's just not good in our end. Well... Let's be real here. Tyson Berry in game one, in a game where the Oilers allowed nine goals, he was the second lowest goals against per 60 minutes. Pretty good. (laughs) Pretty good, especially when he also had the third lowest defensive face-off zone, or defensive, yeah, defensive zone face-offs, excuse me. Why? Why is this a thing? 
Why, when he is so clearly the defense, one of the best defensemen the Oilers had in an awful game, are you not going out there and playing him in a more important role defensively? I, I have defended Jay Woodcroft, and I, this is not a hit piece at all on Jay Woodcroft because obviously I, I, I think he should be resigned. He has done everything right for the Oilers. He has been perfect for what the Oilers need to do. But sometimes he has had some poor deployments in games that the Oilers need to win. <laughs> Game one was no different. Tyson Berry had, he did lead the team in time on ice, but he wasn't in the defensive zone. He rarely started in the defensive zone, yet he was the most productive guy defensively. Well, efficient guy defensively, I should say, because... Mm, Production wasn't necessarily a thing defensively. Also, let's take a look at Brett Kulak, who had the second lowest time on ice. Second lowest on the team. Yet he was still the Oilers' best defenseman, probably next to Tyson Berry, when he had. And let me pull this out here, because despite the fact that he did have the second lowest time on ice, he did have about, off the top of my head, I believe it was about 15 minutes. So not too bad of a game for Brett Kulak. It was above 15 minutes for sure. In that time frame, he had the lowest goals against per 60 with zero. In a game that was 9-6, to six, and I know this was not the first time I mentioned the scoreline, in this game that was 9-6, to six, Brett Kulak wasn't on the ice for one of them. He was on the ice for two goals for the Edmonton Oilers, though. He had the lowest shots against per 60 minutes as well for the Oilers with a 31.47, which also is not very great. But when considering the competition that they also put on over 30 shots in 25 minutes of the game. Yeah, yeah, you'll take it. All right. And the second lowest expected goals for uh, for the Oilers at a 1.8 or goals against, excuse me, at a 1.8. He had the second lowest time on ice. The, the lowest was Chris Russell's just over five minutes. Tyson Berry was not being deployed defensively, and Brett Kulak wasn't even on the ice. You're getting slaughtered nine to six, and those two defensemen who have been the most efficient in your own end aren't playing? But yet Cody Cece, who had the second most time on ice and was second in goals for uh, for the Oilers, or goals against, excuse me, per 60 minutes, which was at a staggering 15.48, second in shots against per 60, it was 69.96. Yeah, those are pretty uh, familiar numbers when the score ended 9-6, to six, so that makes sense. Third highest in expected goals against per 60 with 7.01. You're expecting to go out there and win a game when your best shutdown defenseman is allowing seven goals per 60 minutes? And I haven't even gone to Darnell Nurse, who in all of those stats that I've already mentioned for each of these defensemen, he has been the worst in all of those. He had the highest goals against average per 60 minutes. Uh, the highest shots against per 60 minutes, the highest expected goals against per 60, and he also had the most defensive zone starts and the most defensive zone face-offs amongst all defensemen. Why? Why? 
I get that on paper that is your best pairing or supposed to be. But you got to read the game. They weren't. Tyson Berry and Brett Kulak were. <laughs> and they weren't deployed in the times that, that, that they needed to be deployed at. And that's one of the reasons why the Oilers lost. You cannot win the game without preventing goals. As John Cooper said, it's not about how many you score. It's about how many you keep out. When Connor McDavid scoring four points and you still lose, when you go out there and score six goals and you still lose, there's something wrong. You got to do something. You got to do something. What can the Oilers do? There are things that the Oilers can do. There are, and there are three things that the Oilers really need to exemplify in games two and three for them to have success going into next week's set of games and maybe even close out the series. It depends. It depends. There's a couple games in uh, next week. We will get to those three things in just a second. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the Number one source for all your betting sports needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's NHL hockey playoffs. Plus, I was on Bet Online today and I was going through all this stuff that you can bet on. We say, like, just the baseline of, oh, the NHL hockey, oh, the MLB, we've mentioned NFL, we've mentioned NBA. <laughs> you can bet on, like, Brazilian League second-tier soccer, uh, Mexican baseball, NCAA baseball. It was insane, the stuff that I was seeing on there. Plus, was I the only one who realized that Robinson Cano was still on the Padres? Yeah, I found out Bet online. Struck out today, unfortunately, for Robinson Cano, but welcome to the NLS. Anyways, Bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, to esports, and so much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Have you ever seen an NHL player get off a team bus and think to yourself, gosh, I wish I could dress that nice? Well, with Indochino, you can. Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. Recently, I was shopping for a new dress shirt for my upcoming wedding, and when I decided to go with the Hyde Herringbone shirt, I was blown away at all the customization options I had. I could change the type of collar, cuffs, and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket, all while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com with code NHL. All right, oil country. Let's take a sip. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm going to... Take a sip of my coffee on this nice Friday morning or whenever you are listening to this podcast, hopefully before game two. But if not, how'd game two go? Uh, hopefully. Anyways, hopefully the Oilers did these couple things in game two that they actually had some success in that they could actually win game two. 
those three things are, well, I mean, it seems like honestly, it's the same thing every single time I come on here after a game and have to talk about the next one. Because the Oilers are, it's it's like ha- beating your head against the wall. You expect something different to happen, but there's just nothing different. You're still getting brain damage. Uh, for the Oilers, please check when the game starts and then start 30 minutes before that, okay? Puck drop is supposed to be, at least on the NHL app right now, <laughs> at 8.30. Probably 8.50, as we've seen, normally goes about 20 minutes after it says on the app. <laughs> the Oilers need to start in warm-ups. The Oilers need to look and go, oh, okay, it says 8.30. We're going to turn the time back and says 8 o'clock. Cool, sounds good. We're going to start now. The Oilers need, it needs to be in, it needs to start in warm-ups. You gotta have the right attitude and warm-ups. And have, as people have said who was observing the Oilers uh, warm-ups, they were loose. And I mean, fair enough. You don't want to be tight and gripping the stick too tight going into an important game like that. But you can't be going into an important game like that thinking you're going to win or you're going to get steamrolled. And the Oilers have thought at the start of every single game they have played in the playoffs other than Game 7, they haven't shown up. They haven't realized that the game starts at the time that the game starts. They still are singing Brett Kissel's American Anthem in their head. They have allowed six goals in the first six minutes and ten seconds of a period in game one. Six goals. In the first six minutes and 10 seconds of the period, as I mentioned, the Oilers showed up for 13 minutes of of each period in game one. Not great at math, but that does not equal 60. I know that. The Oilers need to start off early. They need to start strong. The second thing is, you got to get shots on Jacob Markstrom. Let's be real here. Again, the numbers don't lie. Jacob Markstrom has not been a good goalie against the Oilers this year. He hasn't. A .884 save percentage against the Oilers throughout the regular season. And in game one, a .786. Six goals in a game where the, the, the Flames won. <laughs> he was the goaltender of record of winning. I, I, I just don't know what else to say. Like Almost every goal that the Oilers scored, as I mentioned in yesterday's episode, went through him. <laughs> they shouldn't have been a goal. They were just random shots that got through. And the Oilers have to take the exact same quota statue or statute. No, that's not the right word. Game plan that the Flames employed and Todd McClellan's LA Kings employed as well. Shoot from anywhere. Look at Zach Hyman's shot. He came around the net and just out of nowhere, spun it and shot and scored you got to get shots on Jacob Markstrom. That is one of the biggest things for the Oilers to have success. The third and final thing is get big. you got to get big. I know I don't mean go over to the Calgary. I don't know a hospital in Calgary. Is there a hospital in Deerfoot? 
sorry, people in Calgary, go, I don't mean go to the hospital in Calgary and go, just go get a, a get taller, uh, uh, surgery and get bigger. I mean, you got to get big and physical. I realize Darnell Nurse is hurt and he's one of the more bigger guys on the team, but Brett Kulak's got to hit more. <laughs> Connor McDavid was your, he hit the most on your team last night. Or in game one, not last night, it's Friday. Uh, he had the most hits in game one for the Oilers. And it seems like some of those were probably counted as a hit against him. He got bull. You can't have Connor McDavid also being your leading hitter on the team while also being the guy who's been hit the most in this series. He's not going to be scoring four points every game if he's doing that. He might be end up out in game five because his body's just so sore from hitting everything. You got to get guys like Cassian. Evander Kane, I mean, Evander Kane, the first goal of the game for the Oilers came off of a four-check turnover forced by Kane off of a massive hit into the boards. The Oilers need to get physical. They need to get big. Hey, Marcus Niemelainen, I know he's probably hurt, but he has been called up as one of the black aces for the Oilers and has been skating around with the team. <laughs> hey, buddy, we're going 11-7. You know the system. You're big. You're still one of the top hitters on the team. Come on. Come on. We know you like it, and we like you too. So come on in. <laughs> come on. Come on. I will throw in an honorable mention as well before we wrap it up as well. Everybody, let's be loud because this also goes for game three as well. But all of these things need to lead into game three as well. Oil country, the crowd needs to be in it. You heard how the Flames fans... Listen. When I heard let's or we want 10, even just sitting watching the game, I was festering. Could you imagine how the Oilers were sitting there? Could you imagine how it was in that building? Even just being however far Edmonton is away from Calgary, you felt that. Oil country needs to show up in game three and in game four. But the Oilers also need to take the crowd out of the game in game two. And that starts with an early start. <sighs> Let's take a breath, oil country. Let's take a breath going into the long weekend. As I will see you on Monday. So if you are hanging around on your nice long weekend, I'll be here to recap game two and game three of the Battle of Alberta, the first one in over 30 years. I hope you enjoy the game tonight, everybody, and I hope you enjoy your long weekend, and hopefully you can get out to somewhere and watch the Oilers game with a whole bunch of Oilers fans around you. Stay safe, everybody. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. And always take care of yourself. As uh, Oh, before we go, I just want to say, Thank you so much for tuning in to Locked On Oilers every day and making it your first listen every day. Next, make sure you listen to Locked On NHL from the first round matchups to each and every kiss on the Stanley Cup this year. Locked On NHL has you covered for the playoffs like no other. 
Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It is free and available wherever you find your podcast, and it's on YouTube, as we are. If you can see that over my my font there, <sighs> there it is. I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Stay safe. Have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.